0: This is a Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 56.
1: Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, his favorite time of the day is playtime. Pat Flynn.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pat Flynn, and welcome to session 56 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Uh, I have to let you in on a little secret, something that I'm doing right now, actually, uh, as I'm recording this podcast session for you. It's funny, because Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com actually called me out on it for uh, after my last session session 55 with Trevor Page and he was like dude Pat you just you just seem so much more energetic in this episode of your podcast even even right from the very first sentence what did you do differently and i told him uh, and i'm actually doing it right now i'm standing i'm actually standing while recording this podcast session and for some reason i i do feel more energetic more alert and focused i've i've been using a new desk in my office one that actually converts from a regular you know, position with a, that you could use a chair for. I think that's what, like two foot, 10 inches or something. Uh, and it converts to standing height. So I do all my work in my office now standing up and I, and I have to say, I do feel way more productive. And when I speak, whether it's on Skype with somebody or on a podcast, like right now, I just feel like I'm, I'm on top of it. You know, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm standing and I can't get lazy or feel too relaxed, but yeah, that's my little secret. Uh, just, Thought you'd like to know, Uh, they actually have treadmill desks now. Treadmill desks, Uh, but I'm not exactly sure how well that would work while recording a podcast session. Anywho, today we're bringing back a guest that we've had on the show before by special request, actually by several people. And there've been a lot of that actually. There's been many requests to bring back Dane Maxwell from podcast session number 46, the most downloaded spi podcast to date and i do plan to bring him back and also some of his students from his training program when they're ready right now they're sort of in the middle of their course and there's a lot of people in that course who are on the move they've done the research found a niche with a pain and, and they're actually building software solutions as we speak i'm i'm actually talking to them uh at, for some of those students as this is happening and it's amazing it's just so awesome because there are just so many incredible opportunities out there it's Ridiculous. I, I love it. I've also had many requests to bring back many of the people who who've, we've had on the show who have told their success stories. Again, these are success stories in totally random niches like like scrapbooking and cooking and, and speech therapy. Uh, they're from some of our earlier sessions of the podcast, but we'll get to that later. Today, I'm happy to welcome back a great friend of mine and a great friend of the SPI community, Lewis Howes from lewishowes.com. Lewis is doing some amazing things right now uh, in his business and in his life, uh, which we'll talk about. We'll we'll get into how he's hoping to be a part of the Olympics in 2016, his brand new podcast and the amazing guests that he's having on the show. I also want to talk about LinkedIn and, and, you know, Lewis is is a LinkedIn expert and I wanted to talk strategies for using LinkedIn because it's definitely a social platform that I have an account for, but beyond that, I don't really do much with it. Uh, but after speaking with Lewis, I I just might, and I wanted to chat with him about strategies for having a strong affiliate team. Meaning, if you have a product to sell, how can you better serve your team of affiliates who will promote your product for you? You know, what can you do to get them to just go all out uh, with promoting your product? There's some really good information there, and you know, with this session, imagine us just. Chilling at a coffee shop together, you know, all five eight of me and six four of him, uh, which actually happened just a month ago. We went out and had coffee together and just chilled and chatted it up. You know, imagine that is happening right now, and you're right there with us listening in. So here we go. Let's welcome back Lewis House, dude. Lewis, what's up, man? And Welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks, brother Pat. How you doing?
0: <laughs> doing good. I have to tell you, uh, the episode where we had you on, I think it was episode twenty nine, when we did when we talked about webinars uh, one of the top five downloaded podcast sessions I've had and definitely one of the most that I've gotten feedback about like emails, like people are thanking me like, dude, thanks for having Lewis back uh, on the show. You got to have him back.
1: Yeah. I get a, I get emails actually through LinkedIn a lot, About every week I'll get a few people saying, I just listened to your, uh, interview with smart Passive income and they loved it. So nice. I appreciate it, my man.
0: <laughs> That's cool, man. Um, Let's talk about LinkedIn really quick. I mean, I kind of wanted to have you want to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. We don't really have an agenda here. I mean, people who listening, maybe you could pretend you're like a fly on a wall just listening to us talk or whatever. But I want to talk about LinkedIn because I don't know much about it. It's that sort of one social media platform that I know I probably should be on. And I am on it. I have an account and I have a bunch of connections. And every like two weeks I go in there and just accept all the invites. And then I don't do anything else. Like, what am I missing out on? by not being on LinkedIn and being active on it.
1: You know, the best thing for someone like you would be to create your own group on there. And this is probably the best thing for any small business owner or entrepreneur, anyone looking to create passive income on the side or just get more leads, traffic and sales to create their own group. Step one would be first to optimize your profile just make it look better than it already is i guarantee 90% of the people on here have a crappy looking profile just clean it up if you want to mimic how mine looks go ahead and mimic mine but tell a better story about yourself a lot of people think they want to make it like a resume so it's kind of boring and corporate looking when i look at people's profiles but just try to spruce it up a little bit have some fun share your story so you can have a little bit better optimized profile you can now add Uh, straight YouTube links right to your profile. So you have these videos and just pop up. You can have multiple videos, uh, slide share, presentations, documents that you can just upload straight to your profile that are shown there. So you can add some character to it. But once you get that done, the key for everyone is to creating their own group. So I've got a group that's got over 110,000 members, all sports executives and professionals from around the world. And what it does, it just builds my list for me on autopilot. So I've got an automated welcome message that says, thanks for joining. Make sure to confirm your subscription uh, to this group on my site, which sends them back to my site. I'm getting about 100 opt-ins a day that way through my my sports uh, business. And uh, it just allows it to grow on autopilot. So from there, we've got a good sequence driving people to our membership site. And so on and so on. So, create the group that's the audience you want to attract. So, don't create the uh, smart passive income group. Actually, you could create that for yourself. But if your company name is, uh, you know, Tree Lawn Care uh, Inc., you don't want Mm -hmm. to create the name under that. You want to create it under something of the audience that you're trying to attract. Or the audience you're trying to educate about lawn care or something like that, or keeping your lawns clean or whatever it may be. So yeah. think of it in terms of that, but really focus on creating a cool profile and then starting your own group.
0: So how do you, okay, so I start a group about lawn care. How do I get people to find that group?
1: <clears throat> yeah, well, lawn care is, well, let's make your example. It's about <laughs> smart passive income. Um, how do you get people to, to find that group? First off is optimizing it with keywords Inside LinkedIn groups. So people are searching on LinkedIn groups for different stuff. So they might be searching for jobs, they might be searching for business tips, for sports. I remember when I first joined LinkedIn, I was searching for sports professional, sports marketing. So I was typing in keywords in the search box for the group section. And there were a ton of sports groups that popped up. And I just wanted to create my own so that I could be, you know, have my own group as well. So make sure it's keyword optimized, but also. If you type in my my group name in Google, if you just type in Sports Industry Network, it shows up in Google as well. So think about what people are searching for on Google as your group will also show up in Google when people are searching. But then the other obvious ways are if you have an email list, if people have listened to you and learned how to build their email list, then make sure to promote it to their email list right after they start it. Ask them to share it with their friends post it on Facebook and all of our social media, and kind of get the group going that way. Do you have to be active in your group? You know, I was originally, but I've got like 10 different groups now, and I've got kind of managers for each group. So you don't have to be. Uh-huh. But the benefit of having a group, say you get 5,000, 10,000, 100,000 members, now you can send an email once a week to those those members of that group, absolutely for free. So a good friend of mine, Michael Crossan, uh, I remember talking to him a couple of years ago when he had a group called the Social Media Social Media Marketing Group. And I think it had like 30,000 members at the time I first met him. And I remember saying to him, you know what, you could grow this group to be huge. And you could quit your multiple six-figure-a-year income job, your nine-to-five, and you can just run this group. And for about a year and a half, he was very hesitant. He started making more money with just the group than he was making from his six-figure job. And I said, when are you going to quit this, do this thing full-time. So all you have to do is send a message once a week and make more money than anybody could dream of from a LinkedIn group. He finally did it and for the last couple of years. He's been living, making more money from a LinkedIn group than uh he was from a full-time job and he's really living his life now so you can do a lot of creative interesting things now you got to make sure that you're not just relying on linkedin group to send messages you want to get those people on your email list uh so you have complete control over that but there's a lot of potential for growth for making money for getting your brand out there and driving traffic and getting leads
0: right okay i was going to ask you like then i mean should I have an email list at the same time? But you just answered yeah. that, and, yeah. and yes, because then you can control. You, you have ultimate control of your email list. If LinkedIn were to die, um, you'd still have your list. But exactly, you know, it's it's. I know you got started on LinkedIn. That's kind of how you have your claim to fame is is, and you got started through creating a group on LinkedIn, right? Right. Yeah, it's kind of
1: it's kind of broken.
0: So, so how does one? make money from a group I mean it's it sounds like do do you just like every week send an email with a promotion or like can you just say hey put cash in my PayPal account right on the group or
1: (laughs) you can yeah it depends it depends on your business I'll tell you all the ways that I've done it and the ways that other people have done it originally I started doing it by promoting live events so I would I created these groups like these local business groups in various cities like the Columbus Ohio Cleveland St. Louis Los Angeles New York and i created these groups they would have 10 15 20,000 members and so i just said you know what i wonder if i can bring people together and just try to add value and let them network together for 3 hours at like a you know a dinner uh, or a bar place right and i started doing that i would get 3 to 500 people to show up the first time i did it for free for people to come just to see if i could do it mm-hmm. but i got $1000 worth of sponsorships from like tables so i made 1000 bucks that way then i started charging people through these messages on LinkedIn groups, $5, $10, $20 for the entry to get into these events. Then I started selling books, started selling more sponsorships. I started leveraging this audience at these events and getting a a cut from the food and and, uh, bar sales. So I started getting consulting. I started doing a lot of different things from just promoting these events and leveraging it that way. After that, I started promoting them. Once I learned about webinars, which is really kind of how I learn how to leverage my expertise and build a, a real business out of what I have was through webinars. Once I learned webinars, I started promoting those to these groups early on with my business partner, Sean Malarkey. And, uh, these were the, these groups were what's get, what was getting us a thousand people on webinars, just these groups. Cause we didn't have an email list. All I had were these LinkedIn groups and we were making uh, you know, our first webinar, we made 10, uh, $12,500 in sales um, just from promoting these LinkedIn groups.
0: So these are free webinars people can join Free webinars from the group.
1: Yeah, free webinars that we'd send people to. So they would opt in for free from a, a message from the group to a webinar registration page. They would opt in for free. We gave them 60 minutes of free great content that they could apply and use on their own. But if people wanted advanced training, they could buy our product that we had. And uh, that's how we made our sales there. And that's kind of been the model for us ever since: is promoting free, great training or education or resources, or tools, content, and and offering something at the end if people want more training or more, whatever it is they're looking for. And um, yeah, so just promoting them great stuff that's related to them through the LinkedIn groups, and then leveraging that way. So you can promote you can promote uh, your books, your your mm-hmm. physical products from from the groups, your events, live coaching, a membership site um, you know, virtual events, a number of different things you could sell from these groups.
0: Now, what would be the benefit? Wh- what do you feel is the benefit of having the group as opposed to just having an email list? Is it because it can be found and it's on this network and there's sort of a preexisting kind of <coughs> professionalism that goes on with LinkedIn?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's great for, for me. I like it because it grows organically by itself by about 5,000 people a month right now my main group and the other groups grow as well. But just because LinkedIn continues to grow, there's over 200 million professionals on there. When I started out, there was like 17 million people or something. Um, So it's constantly growing. It's credible. It's one of the top 10. I think it's still one of the top 10 or top 12 websites in the world in terms of traffic. And um, it's just a powerful place to be. I mean, your profile is ranking high on Google when you do a search for your name. It's usually in the top four results for people. So you want to make sure you have something on there. And um, I think it just gives you a lot of credibility credibility as well. I get a lot of emails from people coming from that group. I get a lot of requests from people asking me to promote things. I get a lot of just you know interviews from it. So it just adds credibility.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can test that too. I, I, I'm just there cause I have a profile and I haven't even be, been active on it. My profile is ugly based on what <laughs> you said. And I still get lots of people contacting me through there. I get messages, from people wanting to connect with me, some really high end business professionals too, actually. Right. So do you really feel like those of us who are spending our time on Facebook and Twitter are sort of missing out by not being on LinkedIn?
1: I'll tell you what, man. Uh, Here's a big secret. I love Facebook. Even though I built my business on LinkedIn, I use Facebook more than I do LinkedIn right now. Part of it's probably because you spend three, four years on one site, you get get kind of burnt out. Uh, Another part of it is I'm leveraging other mediums and Facebook's just growing like crazy right now as well. And um, I've kind of got LinkedIn on autopilot for me. So I've set it up in the right way where it's like it's pretty much on autopilot. I go in there once or twice a week. And accept all the invitations I get to connect with people and reply to some messages. But other than that, it's just a matter of like sending out a message to my groups once a week and kind of just keeping upkeep on my profile. You don't have to do too much with it. I use Hootsuite to, I think I've got around 25,000 connections. So that's a valuable asset because I can download that list at any time and promote to that audience through my email marketing provider. But what I do do is I drive a lot of traffic back to my site using LinkedIn. Whenever I have an article that I publish, I have that little LinkedIn share button and I share it to 50 different groups and to my status update on LinkedIn. And I'm seeing actually a lot of comments and likes from my status update on LinkedIn, more so than I would on the same status update on Twitter. I'll get more comments and more likes sometimes on LinkedIn than I do Twitter. And I have 100,000 followers on Twitter, whereas I have 25,000 on LinkedIn. So I'm seeing a lot of traffic still coming from it and I just don't you just don't have to be on there as much
0: mm. and the the sort of status update that you're talking about on LinkedIn it sort of just works just like Facebook it's, does right
1: yeah it's a Facebook I think I'm not even sure how many characters it's probably really, I don't know hundred sixty or two hundred characters but it's more than Twitter you can post on there uh, for a status update
0: huh and it's it's like legit etiquette to post links up there and stuff
1: yeah I mean obviously you want to do it the same way you do it like on Twitter or Facebook. Just, you know, have something that's a resource for people or information, promote yourself a little less than you do really just sharing good content. Mm -hmm.
0: Cool. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, You know, if you just combine what we've just talked about and episode number 29 with webinars, uh, you'd probably be killing it right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So next I want to talk about, I mean, like I said, there's so many things we can talk about. um, So many things that I love what you do, but I think, one of the things I want to talk about and kind of get your perspective on is just everybody loves you. Like everywhere I go, everybody talks about you. Yeah. I I even got my wife and her friends like digging all your stuff and they're not even in the internet business. Um, how, why do you feel like, and you know, it might be weird to answer this question, which is about (laughs) you, but you know, why do people like you so much or what, what do you think people can do to get people to react the same way like they do to you?
1: See, I don't know if this is good or bad because I know Seth Godin's always talking about you need all these haters to know that you actually made it and you're making a difference. So maybe I need to get more people to hate me. Um, but, you know, I guess it is a little hard to say talking about it. But I think that.
0: Maybe the question might be, you know, if if there's a person out there who feels like, you know, they just want to make connections with people and build great relationships with people, how would they go about doing that?
1: Here's the thing. Yeah. I feel like you just got to be true to yourself. For me, I'm constantly doing what I love when I want to do it and how I want to do it. And I'm just having – I'm genuinely having fun a majority of my time. And I'm trying to portray that with everything I do. So I'm not trying to be fake. I'm not trying to do what other people want me to do or what I think I'm supposed to be doing. I'm pretty much just living my life the way I want to live it and taking a lot of chances and like just going after things – Whereas uh, I think a lot of people hold themselves back a lot or they say, I'm not going to go do this thing because it's not what my parents want me to do or it's not what you know my boyfriend or girlfriend may not like that about me or something. For me, I want to do what I want to do and I'm not going to let anyone hold me back from it and uh, I think you either like it or you don't like it. So for anyone else who wants to kind of you know, be in the same place, I think you just got to focus on doing what you love.
0: Yeah, because I, I mean, the reason I bring this up is because for me, I feel like you are really successful because you're so able to create these deep relationships with people. And it just seems, seems really easy for you to do that.
1: Well, you know, if I break it down on a on a childhood psychological level, <laughs> if you want to go that deep for a second, I, get that I, I felt like, uh, you know, I was always I was the, the youngest of four. And uh, I was always kind of left behind, I felt like. And And for me, it was a matter of wanting to feel connected my entire childhood. I remember I really didn't have any friends until I was about 13. I was about six foot four. I was a big ogre when I was like eight years old. Right. So for me, I was just this goofy looking kid, didn't really have social skills. Pretty much everyone made fun of me. So I just really wanted to have connections with people and, and build quality relationships with people and just be feel like I was a part and feel like people accepted me. So, um, I think I just learned how to really connect with people at that point because I was always striving as a child to to have connection, and uh, so th- that's why I think it comes easier for me than maybe some is because it's something I always wanted to learn how to do as a kid, and I really just figured it out kind of yeah. in my you know in my teenage years.
0: I think one thing you do great that I've sort of picked up on too is uh, you know you're not, you're not afraid to make fun of yourself. Mm. Too. And I, th- I think a lot of people were you know try to put themselves in the best of light. Where when sometimes it's just all about being real. And I remember one time watching a presentation of yours and you were talking about your first webinar and how like sweaty you were. Oh man, and, and like sweaty. that that like I remembered that for some reason and now like you're <laughs> talking about how lanky and ogrely like you were and it's sort of just I don't know. I think people need to do that more, you know, not, not like tear themselves down, obviously, but, you know, just, just, you know, I think that sort of stuff makes us easily connect with you, Lewis. And I know that that's the same way for me when I talk about some of my failures or like, you know, struggles with parenthood or, or whatever. Uh, I think that just, it, you know, you're, you're more real of a person that way.
1: Well, I'll, I'll be sure to keep making fun of myself then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't want to make fun of you cause you pound us to the ground. And, um, with your superhuman strength. <laughs> um, another thing I wanna talk about is, another thing I picked up with with uh, when kind of following you and, and your partner, Sean, is how you treat your affiliates. So you have these products that you promote, and you get affiliates on board to help promote those products too. What are some of the strategies that you do to get your affiliates to perform the best, to promote your product as best as possible and to get them excited? Because you, know, I, I, you had me sign up on your list where you were sharing information with your affiliates just to kind of get a feel for how that was. This was right. maybe a, a couple of years ago. And I was just blown away by the kind of relationship you were building with your affiliates. I mm-hmm. mean, this is this is not just your customers, but the, the, the people who are promoting your product for you. Um, talk about that a little bit.
1: I mean, I think it's really simple when you break it down. For me, it is at least. And I think a lot of people, I get this with some of my students who I, I help coach with their online business, they they'll, they'll send me a message to say, here's the email that I'm going to write to these affiliates that you know I've never talked to in my life. And it's these long emails talking about their product and why they should promote them. When I'm like, How, do they know who you are and have you built a relationship, a friendship with them first? And none of these people have. And I'm like, here's the reason why you're not going to get anyone to promote you is because you haven't really built a friendship with them first. When you build a friendship with someone, they're willing to do pretty much anything for you. In, in most terms, for most of my friends, I'll take a bat to the head for some of my some of my best friends. You know, I'll do anything for them. Right. If you look at your affiliates as just people to promote you, then that's all they're going to be. And it's going to be hard to get them to promote you. But if you start building friendships. And actually really caring about people's lives, what they're involved in, what their family life is like, talking about things besides business and really showing them how much you care about them as a person rather than how big their email list is, you're able to build quality relationships and they'll promote you if it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense or if it's not the right timing, then it won't happen. There's too many people that reach out to me and ask me to promote them. And then when I say, look, listen, I'd love to maybe sometime, but we can't do it for the next year or whatever. We're booked up for six months. It's like, or it's just like, no, you know what? This is, this product doesn't work for me. They'll be really friendly with me to try to get me to promote. And then they'll stop talking to me. And I'm like, oh, I wonder, you know, all their only whole intention was to get me to promote. That's why they are being friendly with me for like two months and trying to like, you know, make me feel Mm. good about myself. To be like, I don't think you've actually ever promoted one of my products, Pat. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you actually have. And I still keep talking to you, so maybe I should stop talking to you because you haven't promoted. But we're, <laughs> we're still friends, and I understand that it's not in your business model to promote my type of products right now because you've got other stuff going on, and that's okay with me. And I'm not going to get offended or mad by it. I'm still going to be friends with you because I like you as a person. So. Um, I kinda of went on a rant, but really, <laughs> really what you want to be focusing on is building these friendships first and showing people how much you care about them as a person, as opposed to, you know, you know, just having them promote. And once you learn how to build a relationship like that, you're gonna get all the affiliates you want. And once you can show and portray how much you care and really love your friends who happen to be these affiliates as well, that's when you're gonna get the promotions because they're gonna to wanna to do they're going to want to they're going to want to give you you know that in return they're going to be they're going to be more than happy to promote you if you have something that's valuable that's going to make them look good to their audience and that's also going to bring them a profit as well
0: yeah i think that makes complete sense i mean if you're out there looking for affiliates, it's obviously going to be someone who is kind of, you know, whose audience overlaps with you a little bit or who's in the same niche as you. You should, you should be making friends with everybody in your niche like that. You know, not just because of the affiliate possibilities and the JV possibilities, but just because they're, you know, you just, you're together working to help this target audience uh, achieve something. And, So so talk about some of the actual strategies that you do during an affiliate promotion, like with the emails and stuff and videos like that stuff is really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I like to send, you know, well, if we're sending an email to the entire affiliate list, so we've got, I think, 6,000 affiliates who've signed up to, you know, say they'll promote our products. What we'll do is a little contest where we'll send an email out. we will just announcing people who are involved in the the promotion already, who've said they're agreed to promote so that kind of helps people stay accountable. If you've talked to people and say, hey, will you promote? And they say, yes. We'll make it public to everyone and say, look, these people who have said they would, like, look, Pat Flynn said he's in on board. I just talked to him last night. He's pumped to come on board. And announcing it almost makes them say, OK, yeah, actually, now I have to commit to it because he's mm-hmm. announced to it and I've said it. So I'm going to look like a dummy if I don't. So you're kind of using some little, you know, playful games as well. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Um. So using their names as much as possible. We've realized that when we do an affiliate promotion or launch, the people really don't care that much about the prizes. We'll have a bunch of cool prizes. We'll give away iPhones and iPads and computers and bottles of Dom and big boxes of meat and all sorts of cool different prizes we'll give away, which some people would incentivize them to win a prize. But not everyone. A lot of our top affiliates – they could care less about the price. They've got enough money. They don't need an extra $1,000 MacBook Air. What they want is recognition. They like seeing their name in the first place. They like seeing their name over and over listed in the emails to over 6,000 affiliates because these are our influential people in our industry that are getting these emails, and they know that. So they want to be seen as kind of the go-to person, someone who can drive traffic, someone who's credible and who gets results. And so that's really what people are fighting over is making it in the top five spots, the top three. Number one, it's more of like bragging rights and just saying, yeah, I'm the man or the woman and I can make things happen. Um, So we make sure that we're we're sending videos almost every update, letting people know, announcing people's name in the video, talking about how awesome they are and making it more personalized that way and really showing how much we care about these affiliates. And uh, kind of having these videos – personalizing them and announcing people's names throughout as many times as we can. That's what really helps trigger people to promote.
0: Yeah. I've noticed that. I mean, I I was on that list. I wasn't promoting that particular product at that time. I think it was like a YouTube video um, package of some sort. And I was just watching and I get an email every day with like, it was like a video and you were there just walking on the street talking about like just thanking everybody for doing the uh, <laughs> p- promotions, talking about the great number of sales, which gets everybody amped up. And then right. you, Nate, you name drop like the top three or it's someone who was behind who just did a promotion who's now like a- ahead of everybody else. Right. It's just, this it is really cool. And I, I was getting excited like, <laughs> watching that happen. I wasn't even involved and I was like, Oh dude, like is, is Derek going to pull it out? Like, yeah. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think it's making it playful, making it more fun. You know, we talk about you know business can get boring or like draining sometimes, and the more like of a game or fun or just like making exciting or just changing it up a little bit than what other people normally do, and just say oh just you promote this, you're gonna get five point seven dollars EPC, and I'm you you're gonna get this and this and this. Like I don't care as much about that as I do as you showing me how much you care about me as a person. Yeah, and I think yeah. that we try to live by that and show our affiliates how much we care about them <clears throat> as human beings and having fun with it and creating something awesome but also having fun and that's what really gets people excited I think.
0: Right. I mean I, I have like on green exam academy my lead exam site. I, I have like four affiliates just because there's that many people in the industry who have websites I could potentially promote that right. But so I don't I don't have my own product. Yet that I could get I could pull affiliates in for, but I'm trying to think about how I would do that if I had say, a course or something. I mean, what is the best way to get that list of affiliates? it sounds like this strategy you really need that list of people who are gonna promote like how do you how, how do you begin to find people or do you just kind of open it up to everybody who is gonna promote your stuff?
1: you know for someone like you, you've got a great audience of people already. There's probably a lot of people that you've interviewed or, uh, you know, people that read your site that you already know from speaking at conferences that you could reach out to and say, here's a list of 30 of my top potential affiliates who would be perfect for promoting a product like this that I'm coming out with. What I would do, you, I would email all those affiliates uh, and then follow up with a personalized phone call to each one of them. Letting them know, hey, I'm thinking about in like six months launching this program that's called X, Y, and Z. It's all about how to do this. I know like you do some promotions – and I just wanted to see if you'd be interested in like just being notified of it in the future when it comes out. I'd love to keep you in the loop, but I didn't want to like pressure you or anything or like hassle you if you weren't interested. So let me know, and we can talk more about it when we're when when I've got stuff coming up. But I think it's going to be really exciting. It's going to go, it's going to blow it up online, and you know, it's going to be in front of everyone. And I really love you to be like one of my top affiliates. I think if you approached it like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to create this intrigue and mystique. Oh, what is it going to be? Yeah, I'd love to be a part of this. And especially if you said this is going to be my first product. I'm probably only going to have maybe you know, 50 affiliates as opposed to opening up to everyone to start, and I'd love for you to be kind of one of the premier people promoting it. I think you would be able to get anyone you wanted to to do that, and uh, you'd be set up to have an, a great you know, launch for this product.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what would, what would you tell someone who maybe wasn't known in, in an industry and they were coming out with a product this uh, is- that they that they want to get yeah, for. I'll
1: tell you what I did when I first started out, which was, uh, you know, I was brand new back in 2009. And I had a, a LinkedIn book that came out in like, what was it, like March or May or something of 2009. And I didn't have a product yet. I came out with a product, like a, like a LinkedIn training series online. And, um, eventually, but I didn't have anything. All I was doing was building relationships first before I had a product for about a year from the mid of 2008 to 2009. When I launched my book, I was building relationships. I went to so many different, uh, trade shows, you know, went to affiliate summit and blog worlds and all over the place. And I just was connecting with people, not asking them to promote me at all. All I was doing was promoting them connecting them to other people that could help them with any challenge they had and trying to add as much value as I could. And I was a nobody. And, um, I think again, building friendships and not asking people for help or advice or to promote you is, is the way to go to start is building the friendships and adding value to people. Then showing that you are of of value putting in the work and actually having something that's worthwhile for them to promote You know, nothing, none of this is going to happen unless you put in the work. Pat, you've had your blog for what, four or five years now, right? Yeah, four years. I mean, you put in the work. You're doing a show, you used to do a show once every few weeks. Now you're doing it every week. You've been consistent for four or five years. You've done a ton of work. But if you just started off today, no one would want to promote you because you haven't put in the work. So, people, you have to put in the work for at least six to 12 months. I'm assuming in order to get the big dogs to promote you or anyone worthwhile promoting you unless you already have the relationship. If you've already got the relationship, then great. You might be able to pull it off. But really, some of this stuff takes time. You've got to have the relationships in order to make things work like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so hard because, you know, I get a lot of people emailing me saying, you know, I'm struggling. I need money now, you know, and, and it's like so hard to help sometimes because it does take time. I'll and tell you, you don't – yeah. yeah, well, how how would you react to someone who says something?
1: I'll tell you that? what, man. I had a, a really good a good friend of mine who was my mentor when I was starting out. Back in – before I wrote my book, I was working with a mentor on inventing this product because I was injured. I got, I got injured playing uh, football, had surgery, was recovering for about a year with this cast on my arm. And I created this product that would help me – make my cast softer and it didn't smell and it covered my cast and all this stuff. So I was trying to get it licensed and and sell it. And I was working with this inventor who became a good, great friend of mine today and still mentor mine. I was working with him for like six, nine, 12 months. And I wasn't making any money. He was paying me like 500 bucks a month as like, you know, an intern slash working for him. I was trying to figure out what I could do to bring in money I started doing a little bit of these events, but it still wasn't bringing me in money at the beginning. And I asked him, I was like, man, it's been like a year and I've been busting my butt like doing everything that I can do and I'm still making nothing. And I was like, I am really struggling right now. I'm still on my sister's couch. I have three credit cards and I'm still in debt with that I'm living off of. You know, my car's broken down. All I have is a laptop and that's about to die. Um, I was like, I could really use money. And if anyone is in this situation, I definitely feel your pain. Cause it's, does not feel good. And you feel very depressed. You feel, you feel like you're not worthy. You feel, um, that you're, you can't get anything accomplished. You don't have hope. Uh, it's just, it's not a fun place to be in. So I understand this feeling. And this is the best advice he gave me. It's the worst thing to hear but it was the best advice. He said, "Money will come to you when you're ready for it." And I remember thinking, "You know what? I'm really ready to receive this money right now. I could really <laughs> use this." And he said, "You know, I understand where you're coming from, but money will come to you when you're ready for it." And, you know, sure enough within the next like 6 to 9 months, I started to make a little bit and then more and then more and more and it started to exponentially grow after that. But if I would have gotten a big $10,000 at that time, I was not mentally ready for it. I was not prepared. I was not where I needed to be. And I probably would have blown the money, done the wrong things with it. And I wouldn't have, I'd still be screwed. So I think um, you've got to just trust that money will come to you when you're ready for it. And you have to continue to put in the work. If you're surrounding yourself with good people and you have great mentors or a coach, and you continue to listen to this podcast that teaches you. <laughs> Thanks, Lewis. I'm um, serious. This stuff that you you put out here is amazing. And the episodes you you share with the the people, you can't hire some of these people to teach you this stuff for enough money, right? You can, you can jump on these episodes, download one of these and listen to it once a week, and you're going to get information. You just need to take action and apply the stuff that Pat's sharing with you because, This is what's going to help you. Once you do enough of the work, you show that you're valuable enough to the world and to your audience, that's when the money will come to you.
0: Cool, man. Very, very wise words. Um, And the money will come when you're ready. Now, before we finish up, I want to talk about something new that's kind of on the horizon for you that you actually just came out with, which is your podcast. Yep. So you uh, kind of, uh, you know, very awesomely, just uh, hyped up mine. Now I'm gonna hype up yours. Um, talk about your podcast really quick. what What's it called? Uh, and and kind of what can we expect from it?
1: Yeah, it's called the School of Greatness. And you can expect to hear interviews from the most inspiring business minds, world class athletes, and influential celebrities on the planet to share with you and help you understand what makes great people great. And my goal is to really kind of branch out from just talking about business and marketing all the time, which I do mostly on my website and my webinars and kind of share more stuff that I'm really interested in and passionate about the stuff I've been studying since childhood all the way through today, which is really mind and more inspirational, motivational things. There will be some focuses on business and how to grow your business but it's going to be you know very diverse and talking more about the stories of some of the most inspiring people and how they got to where they are so that's uh, that's something I'm very excited about
0: nice can uh, can you share kind of who? you've had on or who you plan to have on
1: yeah so far i've had on a guy named bob harper who's the host of the biggest loser and uh really inspirational guy that i actually work out with during at my crossfit gym and we had kind of have a friendly banter to see who can beat who each day we train together he's got an interesting story and uh it's been on this season uh been on 14 different seasons i think of the biggest loser you know huge audience inspired inspired millions of people to lose hundreds of pounds right just like an amazing guy um, he's on there. It's basically like an Oprah inter- style interview. He's very inspiring. I've got uh, Robert Green, international best selling author of the 48 Laws of Power and uh, Mastery and the 50th Law with 50 cents. I've got yeah. Tim Ferriss, who you've had on. I've got a couple world class athletes, a guy named Brian Clay, who's the world's greatest athlete back in 2008 when he won the Olympic gold medal in, in the decathlon. And then I've got Graham Holmberg, who won. Uh, the 2010 crossfit games he's known as the fittest man on the planet that year for winning that competition so some people who've done some extraordinary things kind of getting inside their head and their mind on what it means to be great
0: dude love it i'm, lo- I'm looking i'm really looking forward to uh to it i mean it's right it's live on itunes right now yep. school the school of greatness that's correct with louis house check it out that's correct All right, man. Um, we could talk for hours, I'm sure, but we're already at the 40 minute mark and you know, we got to save some stuff for the next time
1: you're on. Okay. We'll talk handball next time.
0: Oh, dude. Oh, wait. Talk about that really quick. I, (laughs) I, I, I sent out a tweet the other day and I was like, what do you want me to ask Lewis about? And like four people were like, talk about handball and I totally forgot. Okay. So, so you are playing in a sport called handball and it's not like the playground style where you're hitting a Ball against a wall. It's like, this is this this is a sport that not many people know about. Like, tell us how you got involved and what is it exactly?
1: Yeah, if you guys go to if you guys go to YouTube and just search handball highlights, one of the first videos up there, just click on it and watch it and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's basically water polo meets rugby on a basketball court. And it's extremely intense, extremely exciting. It's one of the most more popular sports actually in the world no one actually has heard of it in the U.S. So if you watched the Olympics uh, this past year, you may have seen it, and you may have heard of all the U.S. You know broadcasters and journalists talking about this sport on ESPN and Sports Illustrated. Everyone's talking about it, but now it's kind of faded out because we have no developmental program in schools and no professional league. So it's kind of hard to get some momentum going. But I joined this, the U.S. national team about six months ago. I've been playing for a year and a half. And uh, my goal is to make it the Olympics in 2016 and keep trying for 2020 if we don't qualify then. But, uh, it's been an amazing journey. It's a very fun sport, and, uh, I'm, I'm in love.
0: That's so cool, man. Um, the U S has never won a medal in this, right?
1: We've ne- It's one of three sports that the U S has never got a medal in. Uh, I forget the other two. I think it's like badminton and ping pong or something, but yeah. So we, uh, unfortunately the, the Olympic committee doesn't really fund this national team that much. It's basically the lowest on the totem pole because we haven't seen success. It's kind of like chicken before the egg thing. We've got to be successful then they'll give us money, but if we don't have money then it's hard to like train together and be successful. Yeah. So um that's kind of where it's at right now.
0: Dude, well, Now that you're on board, uh we're going to see we're going to see gold medal,
1: right? we're gonna see let's get the olympics first (laughs) okay (laughs) there's some amazing teams these guys have been playing since they're like six years old and they're just freak athletes so
0: crazy i'll I'll put a video up on the show notes um and uh kind of introduce everybody to it and we'll just see where where it goes from there
1: awesome man i appreciate it
0: Hi, right, man. Thanks for coming on the show, as always. And, uh, you know, if you know, I, you're know, you everywhere now, but where can people go to find out more about you right now?
1: Best place, go check out lewishouse.com and say hi to me there. Hi, right, man. Thanks, Lewis. Thanks, Pat. All right, See you,
0: bro. Buddy. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lewis House from lewishouse.com. That's L-E-W-I-S-H-O-W-E-S.com. Uh, probably one of my most favorite people in the world. He's just so disgustingly likable, and, and he's so nice, it's it's crazy. So it would be benefit of you to try and get to know Lewis uh, if you can. As always, show notes and everything we talked about in this session, all the links and whatnot are available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 56. You can find the transcript there as well in case you're searching for anything or want to hand the transcript off to anybody. You could do that. And lastly, I just wanted to mention today's February 3rd, which is Super Bowl Sunday. Um, Next week, I'm going to be in Nashville to present at Michael Hyatt's platform conference and i am incredibly excited i've never been to nashville so i'm really excited to see the area hopefully the weather cooperates with us and also i'm last to present at the event and i'm really excited about that um so you know i I don't know if i can use the recording and share that later but if i can i definitely will if not just you know wish me luck and i'll tell you all about it later and uh, if you're going to be there at at a meetup with uh, the spi fans or at the conference i really look forward to meeting you please please uh just come up to me say hi and you know i'm interested in what you have going on so thank you take care i'll see you in the next session session 57 next week uh which is actually gonna be that's gonna go live when i'm in nashville so that'll be awesome all right i'll see you guys later thanks so much and i'll I'll talk to you soon bye
1: thanks for listening to the smart passive income podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com